0: Blog Talk Radio
1: You'll see, no potato juice The planters down in Santa's all say no, no, no So you to the local color Serving coffee with a crawler Duncan doesn't take a lot of skill They've got an awful lot of coffee An awful lot of coffee Man, they got a gang of coffee in Brazil
2: Welcome everybody. Hi, I am Jorianne the Coffee Psychic, your host. This is your Psychic Connection right here at Blog Talk Radio. Um, Well, welcome tonight. We've got a very interesting caller that will be joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about the poor farm. Um, The poor farm is a a place in Joliet where years and years and years ago, uh, if there were people that they didn't know what to do with, if they had... um, Oh, God, children born with defects, uh, unwanted babies, uh, all sorts of people that just weren't wanted, they would drop them off at the poor farm. Now, Gina has been studying the poor farm for years. She does other amazing things with the cemeteries. There's so much more that she's up to. Now, Gina's been with us before. Uh, We're having her back on tonight, and um, I can't wait to talk with her. We welcome you guys to call in and ask questions with Gina Uh, You can also ask me a psychic question or two, but we're going to ask that you uh, hold that toward the end. But if you do have questions for Gina, uh, we'll get to all the questions uh, also as well. Now, uh, before we take Gina, welcome Gina to the show. You know, I'd like to update you guys with things that have happened in the spiritual world in the past. And, um, you know, like the the past week. So, I've got to tell you... um, you know, you guys know that I do exorcisms or clearings, you know, on a pretty regular basis. Well, I had I had done a spiritual thing um with somebody recently and this person said that they had seen a demon. And they've been very troubled and having a lot of depression and upsets. Well, they asked for an exorcism. So, you know, you guys know I work with my daughter Terry. So we did this clearing on this person. And, oh, my God, the stuff we found was amazing. It was really, uh, how can I say it, very heavy. Uh, we did find a very uh, bad demon on this person. We were able to get the demon removed and all the other things that were on this person. Um, as a matter of fact, I will tell you one fun and interesting experience. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have Gina come on also uh, real quickly here. Gina, is that you? Yep, that's me. Hey, so I'm letting my Hi. listeners know what happened with this with this um, exorcism I did this week. So we, I did an exorcism with my daughter. We we work together all the time, and this person had asked for the exorcism. Said that he would already seen a demon, and he had fallen into dep- depression. He's got some very bad behaviors going on. So we did this clearing on him. When we found the demon, it was like, oh, my God, it was really horrifying. It was just nasty, just terrible. And we had to call him the uh, the angels and everything to get everything completed. But the other thing that I found fascinating was um, this gentleman's brother was attached to him from the past life. I very clearly saw this person. Um, he was in the Civil War. And apparently he was um, very irresponsible in his job. He was going out and he was killing people. And, of course, you know, that's what you do, you kill the enemy. But he was a little slap happy about the whole thing. And, Gina, do you remember when they used to say that uh, they would have brother against brother in the Civil War because one would be Confederate and one would be, what is it, a Union soldier?
3: Right, yeah, that happened all the time. There was always family, you know, family fighting against each other, uh friends fighting well, that's against what happened each here.
2: other. And, yeah. Yep, this brother was attached to him and it was very fascinating to see this because the brother was very, you know, solemn, very serious and he felt so bad. Well, in the middle of you know, talking with his dead brother, we suddenly have general custard coming up. And when I'm in <laughs> trance, I seriously have to sit here and go like, oh, my God, did this happen at the same time? Because I'm not a history buff. I don't have history memorized. So it was really fascinating. It was right around the time uh, time of uh, Custard and General uh, General Custard and stuff. It was pretty fascinating. Anyway, so got back to this uh, person's girlfriend, and I'd asked, I said, because they didn't know when we were going to do the clearing, And I said, have you seen any behaviors? And she said, oddly enough, she said, yes. And I said, when did you see the behavior?" She said, Tuesday morning. This person was so mellow, very laid back, much more loving. Um, She said it was like overnight. Well, it was overnight because we did the clearing on Monday night and the very next day with all this negative energy removed off of him suddenly he's more relaxed he's more laid back. you know that's why i love the spiritual work now you do a lot of the spiritual work too and you do different things than than i do and um you have i don't know for how long gina you've been working with the poor farm can you tell us thanks for coming to the show by the way Uh can you tell Uh, our listeners what is the poor farm gina
3: Um, Well, it was an institution that the county um, erected back in 1850, and it served as kind of a last um, place for individuals that were born with um, different kinds of ailments or different kinds of disabilities, uh, individuals that were elderly that didn't have anybody to take care of them anymore, individuals that were in the war that would come back, that were missing limbs, that couldn't work, Uh, widowed uh, widowers were there orphan children and so forth and I probably started doing um, work on it probably back in 2002 and it was kind of interesting the way that it happened because I've always been fascinated with history and involved in as many organizations as as I can pertain to the preservation Mm -hmm. of historic sites names and so forth and Mm -hmm. uh One family, one family that was living in the area where the cemetery grounds are, had come into a museum that I was working at at the time and inquired about these stones. And uh, so I started researching, trying to find out what these stones were, and came up empty-handed. It took me a couple weeks before I actually found something that told a little bit of the history. But um, it turned out that it was uh, a cemetery that was right behind the poor farm. So. You know, those individuals that died, if no one came to claim their bodies, they would be buried right there on the property, and they were just numbered, uh, more like mass graves than actual tombstones. So, and I've just been fascinated with preserving the site ever since, because it was part of Will County's history that was missing for so long, and uh, to this day, I still, you know, organize groups to go out there every spring, every fall, and uh, we try and do cleanups and uh try and do some awareness for pre- preserving their histories because there's over 400 people buried out at the site and every one of them has an interesting history behind them. So, and I've wow. just kind of kept it going wow. and you know, there's a couple of younger organizations that are getting more involved and they'll probably be will probably be passing the torch here pretty soon and letting some other individuals kind of uh take over some of the cleanup because it just um my schedule these days is kind of limited with all the projects that I'm doing right now. So wow, wow.
0: But um, well,
2: and you were saying the poor farm. Um, is that more of a hospital or? Well, it served as a hospital. I mean, the first
3: when it first was erected, um, it was just a, a house, um, and they had several rooms in it. It was actually run by one woman for a couple of weeks until they were able to build some additional structures but before too long you know they had to build more outbuildings they would um build uh rooms that were just for the children rooms that had cages in them that were for the criminally insane and mentally insane and then they would have oh um individuals that had ailments so they kind of segregated them over the, over time once money was was brought into the facility so but um right now the only existing um structure that is left from the history that marks the history is a building that Mm -hmm. was constructed by an architect from Chicago William Warner and that building which is still today still standing uh, that was built in 1892 and that served as the administrative building for the juvenile detention center when it was up and running so but a very interesting history and very uh, interesting stories that these individuals had too
2: well do they have do they have any pictures showing what it used to look like? Because apparently it's it, the um, building's no longer there, you said, right?
3: Right. Well there's only one building left, all the other ones were torn down to, to build the juvenile detention center. Um okay. the sad thing is, um the city of Joliet had several several times they've rebuilt uh their city hall and the last time that the city hall was built they had discarded a lot of the records that were already microfilmed and, and down in oh, Springfield. God. Unfortunately, the the films that we needed pertain to the poor farm operation, um, registries, remarks, uh, date, of burials, and so forth, and even a diagram of who's buried underneath which marker is just non-existent. They either threw the records oh, my away. God. Uh, we know we've been down to Springfield. They don't have anything microfilmed. And um, so that's the unfortunate thing. So we had to basically start off from scratch when we when we wrote the history of the poor farm. So
2: that's okay. kind of a sad thing. Wow. Well, it's, it's really interesting that you got all of that information. And, um, you know, just the fact that you felt, you know, pulled to do this work, to me, and I, I'm sure you probably have already... Um, said this before, but do you feel like you possibly may have been a carekeeper, you know, caretaker a long time ago when all this stuff was going on? I mean, why would you pick this to devote your life to? Seriously, I mean, you've put a lot of years into this.
3: Yeah, and I'm still kind of questioning that to this day because um, being a historian, you know, I, I dabble in all kinds of histories, but I was never so drawn to a project as I was with this poor farm. Um, I feel Mm -hmm. kind of a personal connection with every one of them that I've researched, Um, especially one Mm -hmm. individual that stands out from the rest of the markers out there, and that, of course, is George Miller, which um, he's the only one that has a marker uh, with his name on it out at the cemetery. So, um, and it's kind of interesting because in my field with with history, I've also found myself close to finding positions. You know, actually roles Mm -hmm. that I play from a day-to-day basis um that pertain to individuals that are elderly, individuals that are disabled, and it's just kind of things have always worked out. And and I yes. really have no idea why things worked out the way that they did, but I've always told everybody that I lecture when I lecture about the poor farm that there's no such thing as coincidences. Things happen for a reason. And every part and right. most of my most of my career it's always led me to some connection pertaining to the pork farm, the preservation, the connections that I've made with families of those that have passed that are buried on the property and um and people that I'm involved in in today with the work that I do today that I get that I actually get paid for. <laughs> well so amen, amen. I, I can't say it's a coincidence. Yeah, I, I can't wow. say it's a coincidence. I I'm sure there's something divine that has interfered Or not interfere, but kind of put me in the role that I'm in now, and I'm just I'm grateful and I'm blessed that I'm able to do the work that I'm able to do um, for people that are living and also those that um, that have been deceased for quite a long time.
2: So, have you been? Were you in this process able to link up people that are alive? Uh, with their deceased loved ones that are buried on their property. Like, say if say if somebody didn't know, it's like, oh, my grandfather was buried there. Oh, my God, I had no idea. I mean, were you we able to bring people together like that?
3: Yeah, it's, it's amazing because when I started my book tour, um, when it, the book was first published um, back in 2008, and I started now, doing the book of that signings book, and know? lectures. Um, the book is what's called um, book? Digging Up the Dirt. It's Digging Up the Dirt, The History of the Will County Poor Farm and Mysteries of the Potter's Fields. So it kind of links not only Will County's poor farm, but also the potter's fields that are in the area. And in most counties, most villages, most cities, they all had potter's fields. So I would do these lectures. And uh, this maybe about three, four years ago, I was doing a lecture out in Tinley Park, and I came across a woman that was in line waiting to to talk to me, and she had asked about a certain certain name uh, that was related to her that she saw in my book. And I had researched him, uh, this gentleman, for quite some time, so I knew who she was talking about, even though there's 400 names in the book. Um, I knew exactly who she was talking about. And it turned out that it was her great-great-grandfather and that he had gone missing in Will County around the time of his death, and never. she had no clue that he was actually sent to the poor farm. And uh, so that was wow. kind of interesting to meet her and actually uh, meet her family and then when we did the dedication, uh, we had the mural erected on the uh, on the property, depicting kind of the history of the poor farm. Um, she actually spoke at the dedication and told her story about how we met. And uh, I've met quite a few people in that way. You know, people would come and listen to my lectures and ask, you know, do you know if this person was ever there? Can you check your records? And I have made, I've I have uh, fortunately solved about thirty family mysteries pertain to genealogy just from writing the book so it has been very rewarding to me um by making those connections and making those links so now they know where their ancestors are buried um they don't know which marker they're under but they know at least what cemetery they're in so that's really gratifying for me to be able to solve those mysteries for those individuals
2: wow that's fascinating and that's a lot of good work too I wanted to say that uh, I was actually just looking for this, but I don't know if I'm going to find it. I was uh, reading the news earlier today, and also Iwo Jima, right when uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, talking Uh about people that don't know who's buried where, they said, um, I read the article stating that they are going to uh, dig up, I think, like 400 graves because they... They don't know the identities of all these people, but now that they have the ability to find out, they're going to go ahead and find out with, I guess, uh, you know, DNA testing or something
4: and get the names of all
2: these soldiers and have them buried in, you
3: know, in a proper grave. Right. It's the wonderful thing about them being able to do that with the the DNA testing because you see it all the time on... Ancestry, I think, promotes a a program where you can do like a, it's kind of like a a Q-tip swab where they just kind of grab some saliva out of your mouth and then they send it into a lab and they can link you back to, gosh, 1600s, 1500s, 1400s. Um, And so something like that is is instrumental in trying to solve these individual genealogy mysteries. So that, that gives it brings a lot of closure to a lot of families that were wondering where their loved ones ended up. So it's a very good thing wow. that we're
2: doing that. That's wonderful. Well, I want to say thank you for that, uh, for devoting yourself to that, because that's, that's, you know, pretty important, taking care of our dead. Um, the other thing I want to say is that um, for you, do you take people on tours around the, the poor farm or the building that's left over? Do you take people... Into the cemetery as a tour, or just looking for volunteers for cleanup work, or do you do this year round, or how um, does that work?
3: Well, we do we do it both ways. We actually have a Facebook page um, that's called the Will County Poor Farm, and um, they can actually either email me or just uh, post a message on the Facebook page um, to sign up for the volunteer groups. Um, we also do uh, letters for community service. Um, because it the the cemetery re- requires quite a bit of uh landscape uh maintenance, whether it's uh, okay. laying mulch or pulling weeds and so forth um uh The other thing was um as far as doing tours out there, we would like to get um on a routine basis um in the summer months to do to be able to do interpretations It was something that was talked about with the Will County Historical Museum in Lockport about coordinating something like that to try and raise awareness and try and bring funds in to help maintain it. Because one of our goals, now that we have um, the mural on the property, uh, we'd also like to fence in the actual cemetery grounds um, just so we don't have any more vandals that can uh, harm any of the tombstones at all. So we usually have uh, quite a bit of um, individuals that are doing paranormal investigations um, inquire with us that usually midsummer and they try and schedule some time to go out Um, usually around October, and uh, that's when we usually have the most groups that go out there. So, and we do, we'll tell stories about the individuals, um, some in particular, you know, Civil War veterans, uh, men that were in the War of 1812, but then we also have slave owners. Um, We have slaves that were out there, that were brought out there, Um, and even uh, individuals that were under the age of 18, too, so. Uh, it's very interesting. We get we get groups from all over the United States uh, coming to to do investigations in October. Beautiful. And again, beautiful. they can they can they can contact me through Facebook, um, and just message message me uh, through Facebook, and I can get them on the list, and they can either sign up for volunteering, or they could sign up to do uh, one of the ghost tours.
2: Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, how can they reach you, Gina,
3: to do that? Well, they can either go on my Facebook page, um, which is just under Gina Blaylock Weisaki, or they can get on the Will County um, uh, Poor Farm Cemetery book page, or they okay. can even email me, and my email address is fossilnuts and the number two at
2: Comcast dot net, and that's fossilnuts well, number me, two, right? At okay. Comcast dot very good. You know, uh, we were talking um, the other day, and, you know, so not only have you been doing this, but now you've got so many other things, so many other interests, so many other um, things that you're just, like, churning in your head that you really have to uh, attend to, you know, because your soul says so. So what else have you been getting into?
0: Well,
3: um, <clears throat> With writing this history book, um, like I said earlier, there are no coincidences in life at all. Things happen for a reason, and I believe that there is a divine being that kind of guides us into uh, our life path, what we're supposed to do or what he wants us or she wants us to do. And I um, experienced quite a few things that I can't really um, understand while I was writing the book that occurred to me that I decided to write another book. Um this one's a little different, it's not a history book. It's basically okay. on experiences that I had dealing with the paranormal. So okay. um it's, it's different um you know as as a historian, you don't you don't you kind of walk the fine line when you're writing a book about religious beliefs or political beliefs and so forth. So you know, it was a little risky in putting my name on the book cuz I didn't want to lose my credibility as a historian but the the things that I experienced while writing this book, and even to this day, um, I still have no answers for, and so I thought right. the best way to express myself and how I could actually work through this was by writing about the experiences that I had. So I'm actually working with a publisher right now. Um, okay. it, my book is supposed to be published within probably within three to four months. Um, I'm negotiating Yay. with them right now because what, what they're wanting to do is they read my first three chapters on the experiences that I had, which started out, you know, with the whole writing of the first book, the history book. And they're debating on, um, I'm actually debating on because I'm not sure if I want to do it, but um, they were impressed with the first three chapters that they wanted to send it to some Hollywood executives in California. But with that whole thing comes a whole nother ball of wax. As far as giving over my rights, um, you know, I would be given, like, a lump sum for them, you know, if they decided they wanted to make a movie. You know, I mean, there's so many fine lines with this whole thing, with this part of my life, that I'm not sure if Mm -hmm. I'm ready to do it yet. (laughs) So, I'm kind of taking, you know, I'm kind of taking a couple steps back and trying to figure out, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to go this this avenue, or do I want to stay on this path and you know, stay more into the history and kind of veer off the paranormal because it, there's some things that have just drawn me to certain projects and the coincidences just keep flying. And sometimes, you know, you get that fork in the road and you don't know which way to go. So the best way to do is just kind of backtrack a little bit and kind of see everything that's laid out in front of you. And I guess just let, you know, let let somebody else take the reins and guide you where you're supposed to go. So that's where I'm at right now. But there is another book. It's not a history book. It's a paranormal book. It's called Lost Souls, and it nice. pertains to my research and what I experienced while I was writing the the first history book on the Will County Poor
2: Farm. Well, I, it sounds like a wonderful book. Um, it sounds like it's going to be very interesting also. Now, are you able to speak about anything? I mean, can you tell us, like, one of the weirdest or craziest experiences that you had while doing your research? Um,
3: Probably the weirdest thing and and I really don't um talk about this much um yeah but it is in the book and it's eventually going to be out so I guess it's no surprise uh or it won't be a surprise but um the first experience that I had um was right when I first started the research with the poor farm book and that was um I was out on the poor farm by myself and uh, at the time there was a cornfield that was around the cemetery grounds and I had kind of you know, the, the cemetery grounds are kind of a little bit up on a slope, uh, up on a mm-hmm. hill, and I could see kind of like the corn, the corn kind of going back and forth Is just some, you know, a deer or raccoon, well, not a raccoon, bigger than a raccoon, something big was coming in between the the, the rows of corn, and I couldn't see what it was. And then as soon mm. as it came to where the opening was, I mean, I was just frozen. I, I couldn't move. There was nothing there. Nothing came out of the cornfield that was probably wow. my first experience but the, probably the worst experience and, and that's the one that that I don't talk about much is shortly after that happened um I was laying in my bed with my husband and uh I had you know I wasn't asleep my husband was asleep I was wide awake and I was just kind of tossing and turning I started feeling like I was anxious like I was going to have an anxiety attack which is not very common when you're in a relaxed state but um I ended up um, seeing kind of like a black mist form in the corner of my bedroom. And I got mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, this, this was it was kind of taking over the whole corner from the floor all the way to the ceiling, and it got larger and larger. And then it started drifting towards me, and I felt like I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I couldn't yell, Uh-oh. nothing. And this yeah. feeling that it gave me um, at the time in, in my bedroom that I, I had to the left of me, Um, I had a dresser that had a large mirror on it, and in front of me I had um, two um, closet doors that had mirrors on them. And Mm -hmm. what I felt was that I wanted to look in these mirrors, but I was terrified to look in the mirrors. I didn't want to, Mm -hmm. but something was drawing me and making me look into these mirrors, and I was terrified. And um, I'm getting goosebumps telling you about it because I I don't talk about this much at all to anybody. um, Mm -hmm. Other than my publisher. (laughs) Um, and I have, I ended up getting enough courage, and I sat up and looked to the left of me, looked in the mirror, and the reflection that I saw wasn't mine. It was something oh. else. I, it wasn't me. It was this Medusa-looking face with these sharp teeth, and this, this thing when it smiled, it's, the crease of its lips went all the way up to the corner of its eyes, and it just melted out this horrific howl. And it, it terrified me. My, when I woke up, my husband said he found me in the corner holding my Bible and I don't remember much. I don't remember how I got off the bed. I don't remember grabbing my Bible. My Bible was downstairs and, um, and with my other books. And I, to this day, I don't recall what happened in, in between that time, but it was the most terrifying experience I've ever had.
2: Wow. And that's,
3: that's it. that's in the book, and that's happened um, probably three more times since then. But during that whole time when I had that experience, I um, soon filed for divorce from my husband, and um, I continued to have those feelings probably for about two or three years. Um, every now and then, I would have the same experience, and it was terrifying. Each and every time, it was terrifying because I knew what was going to happen, and uh, it was wow. it was very scary.
2: So I've got to ask you this. Now, I know um, the I want, You know, part of me wants to make a joke about the figure that you were seeing in the mirror as being your husband that you divorced, so let's just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> knowing about demonic spirits and things like that, do you think, honestly... I mean, was your marriage already in disarray, or do you think that that spirit no. might have come in and caused a great deal of distress between you and her husband, causing you guys to get the divorce? Because that happens. Um, I, yeah, I was I was happily married for for seventeen years,
3: and when I started wow. working on the poor farm, that's when things uh, started to fall apart. And, um, you know, I I, my my ex-husband to this day doesn't really know and I've told him about the book and he actually witnessed the experience that I had uh, while I was in the house um he um doesn't know that all the details that are in the book cuz he hasn't been able to read it yet um but I do believe that um it did play a role um because there yeah. were so many negative things that happened while I while I was writing the book and and I was uh, happily married um, and I'm happily divorced I mean my ex husband and I get along great, you know i mean we're we're best friends still and um but during the time of the separation, the divorce was probably the rockiest and i think because I haven't had any experiences like that, I've always felt that the reason why I don't have those night terrors or whatever you want to call them is because i con- to an extent, I feel that I've conquered whatever it was that was tormenting me. Because I'm able to communicate with my ex-husband, I'm able to have a relationship with him, and I I think I won that battle. I think they wanted to destroy the friendship that I had. They they managed to destroy the marriage. Um, yeah, I I think it, yeah. it was an important role that they played in it. I'm I'm sure, but um, because I'm able to talk to him and communicate with him, I don't have those night terrors at all. And nice. and although he has some. He has some negative things that are going on in his life right now, and you know, every time I step foot in his house, I still feel that anxious feeling as if something's still there. I I wonder. So, so did
2: he keep that house? Did he keep the house that you guys?
3: Were yes. In? Yeah, oh, he kept
0: see? the house. Okay.
2: There you go. Well, then, it, then it very well could be that that presence belongs to the house, or it might have been an attachment on your husband. Well, it, it could have been. I mean, he was he was always very spiritually
3: um, sound. I was the one grounded. that was probably more susceptible. Yeah, I was. He, he's very grounded. Although he he has not gone to church in quite a while, but he's he's getting back into going. Um, he yeah. has walked away from his faith to a certain extent, which I had too. Um, but when yeah. we were married, we were both about we were both devout um, Catholics.
2: So, Catholics.
3: Um, yeah, and I, I think um, you know I've, I've talked to them about it. You know, when I've gone over there and I've told them, you know, I, I can't go to the, the second floor. I just get a, an anxious feeling, and, and you know, I tell me, you know, my kids' rooms. You know, they still have uh, their rooms at their dad's house too, and they like to show me what they've done to their rooms and you know different things that they've done, and I just can't go up there. I just it, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a wall there, and I'm not supposed to go up there. So I feel very uncomfortable when I'm in his house, I, and I was never like that before the divorce. I was—I mean, I picked the house out. I loved it. I never felt threatened at all until I started working on
2: a poor farm and I had that experience. Well, you probably, you probably took somebody home with you. You know, the other question That's is, what do you I'm, think you'd ever want to have your house cleared, like have an exorcism done on your house and your property? Um, I have
3: talked to him about it before. Um, uh-huh. and I've
2: given him some, some phone
3: numbers, but he has not reached out to anybody yet. And, okay. um, and I, I think he's, he's fighting his own personal demons and I don't think he feels comfortable yet or maybe, you know, yeah. comfortable in his face, I guess you would say. Um, cause yeah. I, I mean, there's a possibility there could be something attached to him now as well too. You know I mean? He yeah, spent you know, quite a bit of time out people. There, like I did.
2: I just want to mention, Gina, when you have situations like that where you have an entity in the house, demon, whatever, um, it's not, you know, you can say, hey, honey, do you want to get rid of it? And it's really not him saying, heck no. It's the spirit having control over the person. They're thinking, it's like, well, why bother? And it's really them being more controlled by the spirit than anything. That's normally why people won't go in and have, have a clearing, you know. Yeah, so. I think, um, I mean, so. he's he's always been, like
3: I said, he's always been pretty grounded as far as his face until, you know, shortly after the divorce and he kind of walked away from it. Um, yeah. And, you know, since we've reconnected and we've been good friends and, and we're able to communicate, we're able to go to family functions together, he's able to come over and have coffee at my house, vice versa and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he feels comfortable with that idea that, that I brought something into the house or yeah. that it, if that it's even possible, you know, I, I'm not sure yeah. if he really believes that it's possible, but and yeah. that's what I was kind of hoping that he would read my book before um, I actually put it in print, but um, my lawyer recommended that he sign a waiver <laughs> before and, and he wasn't too keen on that, signing a waiver. <laughs> for so I, I really don't know uh, if, if he would, you know, like I said, I've given him phone numbers for him to even have somebody come in, just cleanse the house, see if there's anything in there that I may have left. <laughs> um, right. I don't know. I, I really right. wish that he would because it's not going to hurt anything. And he was always very grounded with his faith. And for some reason, he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. So.
2: Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You know, I've got a lot of callers online. I'd like to invite some of these guys in to uh, see if they have a question for you, or if they have a, um, even if they have a psychic question, I'd like to uh, get to them so uh, we can see if they've okay. got something to share about, you know, your information, ask you a question, or if they have a, you know, a story themselves. Okay. 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 All right. So let's see who we have here. Uh welcome, caller. Uh, who am I speaking with?
4: Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you, Jorianne? How are you? Great. Who is this? This is Amla. I called a couple of weeks ago. Yes, Amla. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. I just have a, um, if it's okay, just a follow-up question for you really quickly. Okay. Okay, which is um, now, you know, it was two people, and now it's back to zero again. Okay. All right. (laughs) I don't know. So I don't you know what you want to see find what's going, going on. on. Yeah. All right. So, were you listening to our show, Amla? Yes, I was. It was. It's fascinating what you do. What's I forgot what her name? Gina. It's fascinating. Gina. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Have you had any
2: experiences like that, Amla? Have you had mm-hmm. spirits showing up in your bedroom, scaring
4: you or anything like that? You know what? It's not necessarily. I feel them. They kind of scare me. Like um, I'm actually legally blind, so it's it's okay. it's funny because I have central vision, and sometimes like I'm walking around the corner, and it something scares me. It's something I don't know. I don't know if I'm seeing right or whatever, but um, I definitely feel a lot. Definitely very much empath, for sure. You know, it's interesting because I never would have thought
2: it from your position. So you're legally blind, and um, so when I tell people, Amla, about seeing spirits, normally I tell them you'll see things. If you see some, something out of the corner of your eye, go to look, nothing's there. We also have in the periphery where you start seeing shadows or images or something's moving. So with yes. your vision, you, you've got central vision, so you're still able to catch things in a different way where where you know that's not the normal view that you'd experience.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel it right away, like, it, it, it There's no There's not a shadow of a doubt Absolutely not It's like it, wow. It, it's, wow I'm very clairsentient Clairsentient I believe Clairvoyant. Yeah I'm Clairsentient Yeah yeah, yep. it, 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 yeah Yeah I feel everything um, Wow Yeah Well you know, the I'm other also thing
2: too That you might want to say And I tell people this When you're feeling the presence of somebody And it feels negative Like you know your grandmother You know she loves you So if your dead grandmother comes You're not going to wish her away you're going to want to sit and say Absolutely. grandma how are you doing
4: right but right, when right.
2: you get a negative spirit you want to say if you do not if you're not here to do god's work you must leave now i love
4: that and, that's yeah excellent. and when you Thank say you that, that they
2: really have to they really have to go
4: it's like a a law yes and what do you do if you're not sure do you how do you ask that question like sometimes it's a little confusing You know what I mean? Because sometimes they could uh, fake it, kind of. I don't know what else. (laughs) Well,
2: no, if you Uh, right,
4: I hear what you're saying.
2: So if you say, if you're not here to do God's work, you must leave now, then, like I did a seance one night, and I took pictures, and there were a gob of orbs all over the place. I mean, so many orbs that just covered up the film. Now, that's not good or bad, but I said, if you're not here to do God's work, you must leave now. I took another picture, and there was one blue, one blue orb left on the film. Now, does that mean that they were bad spirits? No. That just means that they were spirits. They were hanging around. They wanted to come to the seance. They might have been there for other family and friends during the right. seance. And then I closed the yeah. seance. Everyone went home. I took a picture. I was going, like, holy mackerel. So by telling them to leave, they had to go back where they came from. And uh, yeah. so there was one spirit that was there to do God's work. So, of course, that spirit's going to stay. So does that make sense uh-huh. for you?
4: Yes, absolutely. That's so great. It's yeah. So All right, well, that's, let me give you a real quick
2: answer to your question here, Alma. Yes, please. <laughs> now, I've got to tell you, your coffee was really going clockwise, uh, which to me is good luck. I think, I think you're going to hear back from somebody in the past or you're going to hear back from an ex. From an ex. So I think you will hear back from somebody, even though there's, there were two, now there's none. But I think there will be somebody else coming in the picture. So um, I want you to, you know, hang out there for that. Please give me a call back. Um, I do have to go on to another caller, but please call us back and let us know if this other person uh, comes back in the picture. All right, Alma, thanks. All right. And, um, all right. Well, let's see who we have next here. hello. Hello, caller. Hi. How are you doing? And who's on the line? Kay. Kay. This is Kay. Um, yeah. Um, I was just wondering, I'm flat broke and I owe somebody some money tomorrow and <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh, no. I think, honestly. Speaking up to them and telling them the situation would probably be your very best situation, honey, because they can can be mad at you, but, you know, you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. I know, but I have to, um, I got to borrow the camera,
3: and um, I told them I would have the money tomorrow.
2: And um, do you see any financial breakthrough for me? Yeah, so I guess I was going to ask you, so what's the real question here? So you're just saying, um, I, so I'll tell you this, good luck with your uh, thing for tomorrow. And um, it actually feels like your your finances are very rocky right now, honey. And it feels like you're still going to have some, um, I really want to say you're still going to have some struggles with the financial affairs. So it really feels to me like it's gonna be a matter of really talking to the people and um so I kinda of wanna say really generating generating yourself you might get something almost like um like a part time an extra part time job. Um something part time I wanna say or some little bit of money coming in. Maybe not a ton of money but some extra uh, it just seems like a smaller amount. So, again, if you want to give us a call back, um, give us a call back and let us know how that turns out, please. All right. Now we're going to go on to the next next color. You know, Gina, that's hard, isn't it? When somebody says, yeah. you know, I owe somebody money, I need it for tomorrow, we're always hoping, we're fingers crossed, crossed, that we can go into the gas station, buy a lottery ticket and hit a grand, Right.
3: Oh, no kidding. I still try and buy lottery tickets but I never win.
2: <laughs> but there's always that hope. There's always that faith. <laughs> well, my, my thought is always, too you know, So have... you know, um I I talk about uh candle magic and that's a wonderful way of um how can I say it? Focusing your will. Just like the book The Secret. There are techniques of learning how to focus your will to manifest things in your in your world. And um, my one friend, George, when he was alive, so he's left us probably about two years ago, he ended up needing money so badly for his house taxes. I mean, he was flat broke. And um, so for Kay, our last listener, you know, please think about this. Um, He ended up doing, we did candle magic, and we prayed for money to pay his bills, you know, his taxes, house taxes. We prayed and prayed and prayed. This is not a joke, you guys. We did the candle magic and within a week he won the exact amount of money he needed to pay his house taxes with. Oh, wow. Is is that not crazy?
3: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. You know, I always tell people
2: where
3: I always tell people, you know, I do these lectures and, and I, and I speak to people too that have issues with finances and so forth and, um, I always tell people you're one paycheck ahead from ending up in a poor farm. And that's usually, that's that's how our economy is. That's how our families are struggling today because they go yeah. from paycheck to paycheck. And it's really not a laughing matter nowadays, but, you know, we, we are literally one paycheck away from ending up in a poor house.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, you know, but that's true. And sometimes it's learning how to make the adjustments that we need to make to accommodate things. And then the hard part is sometimes we can't accommodate, and sometimes we have to go through a, a transition, a change. Right. And I think it's it's always knowing that, I mean, this is my faith. I always know that God's wa- God is watching out for me and taking care of me, no matter what. And sometimes we're supposed to go through changes. For some people, they can't let go of the current situation and so they kind of make it mean that it's horrible or the world's falling in or whatever rather than going like, oh, I've got to move to a whole new house or I've got to get a smaller place now because it's time or whatever, you know. And, and I think the word might be more just acceptance of the situation that's going on or just getting in there and trying to generate and... See what you can um, make of the situation But again it always to me it always returns Back to is the glass half empty or is it half Full like no matter what Right Are we counting our blessings for what we truly Have you know what we have seriously
3: Right and people can Always have it much much worse than You who yeah. You know I mean I, I a lot of people you know Will say well you know I've got to pay this bill And I've got to take care of this and I got to take care of that And I just don't make enough money to cover it but You always find a way and there's a lot of agencies out, you know, government agencies, private foundations and so forth that are always willing to take a in a family to sponsor them, to help them out, kind of help them until they get back on their feet again. I mean, the agencies are there to help. Um and yeah. they just hope that, you know, in good faith that you return the favor or try and help someone someone else out. You know. Yeah. So,
4: yes.
2: Yeah. And that's true. So again, uh you know, that's good advice. Make sure you guys check with the agencies and um, mm-hmm. and always be grateful that they're there, you know.
3: Yeah, right, well, and be thankful that who... you don't have it much worse.
2: Oh, my God, right? Totally, mm-hmm. totally. All right, well, let's see who we have next online here. Hello, caller? Hello? Hi, who is this? This is Mary in British Columbia. Hey, Mary, how are you? Good. How are you? Great, great. So, what can we do for you tonight? Just a general question about love. Um, Is love and marriage in the cards for me ever? Ever, I know that's such a long time. Because I'm getting old. (laughs) 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 Too funny. All right, let me take a quick peek here, honey. so so Mary, have you ever fallen in love with a college professor or a teacher or someone like that? Possibly? Um, no, no. Well I know it sounds it sounds pretty weird. But um I'm kinda getting a sense of um a person that's a teacher Of sorts Okay And so And I don't know if this is uh, Again, I almost I kind of feel college here A professor Interesting My last uh, major relationship Was from college Perhaps that's it Oh, very fun You know, you see dead people, don't you? Um, I have abilities.
3: I don't see dead people, but I, in the last six months, my intuitive abilities have
2: really amped up. Beautiful. Does anyone ever call you Mary Mary? No. (laughs) Well, you know what? It, it, it just so ends up that I typed your name in here and, um, and it ended up coming in here. You know, I ended up, it left and then I typed it in again and it showed up twice. I had a spirit voice on um, a phone recording once and it was just fascinating. I have these voices um, in a certain location on one of my computers and my daughter was saying, Hi, Mom, it's Terry. And then you hear a voice going,
4: Mary, Mary, like
2: that. Oh. And it's like, Oh my God. I mean, it's just, it's clear as a bell. And I'm like, where did that come from? We don't have any Marys in our family.
0: I have tons,
2: tons. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, have you had any EVPs? I mean, Gina, you positively—you've caught EVPs before, haven't you? On the poor farm. Um,
3: I I have not, but I have listened to several that people have taken. Um. And, you know, when I take that back, because I did, I did go out there one time with a group, and they did play some stuff back. They had one of those ghost boxes, and then they did have yes. a, a tape recorder. So, yeah, and they were pretty interesting, because they pertain to stuff that I was working on for the poor farm. So, you know, it, stuff like that, you just can't, uh, you can't fabricate stuff like that.
2: No, you can't. You can't. You get it caught on the electronic means, and it's like, you know, that's perfect. So... Um Well, Mary, getting back to your question as far as love goes, I I really believe there's going to be some sort of college, some connection to either college or school, just like your last one. It might be something where the school or college is going to be just very significant for you as far as romance goes. Okay. Maybe you should either go back to school, volunteer, or become a teacher.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'll think about so
2: it. So, would you get back to us and let us know what happens, Mary? For sure, we'll do. All right, thanks, ma'am. You have a great great night. Thanks you too. Bye. All right, all right. Bye-bye. You know, um You know, I've I've known you for a while, Gina, and um sometimes the things that I hear uh, sometimes they might sound a little odd or weird. You know, just the fact that Mary had a relationship with somebody in the past from college, to me that's good enough. You know, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. there's the college hit, but I still think it's going to be something in the future. That's why I tell people, even though it might sound weird, might sound odd, please keep your eyes open because even if she dates somebody that's a travel agent and then she finds out later he was a college professor or he was right. teaching at a college, <laughs> Hey, you know, he changed careers. That's yeah. okay. But um, you know, I I had my uh, my ex uh uh partner Bill, he had done the radio show with me for quite a while and I just loved that guy. He's a DJ at an, um out of Lincoln, Nebraska. An amazing man. He he would always say, "You know what, Juri? Some of this stuff sounds so weird when you say it. You never expect it's going to happen." He goes but sure enough, uh, you know, you pull it out of thin air and there it is. So I just tell people please be patient. Some of the stuff sounds pretty weird but you know, give me a call back later on. Now I know we have a short time I think we have another caller or two here that I'd like to get to. But Gina, would you please um shout out your email again, uh the Facebook pages where people can reach you so they can really come and see the poor farm volunteer or go on a uh on a tour with
0: you?
3: Okay, sure. The email address where they can get me is fossilnuts2 at comcast.net, or they can get on Facebook and just look me up under Gina Blaylock Wisaki, or they could uh, look up on Facebook Will County Poor Farm Cemetery, and they can message me in either one of those Facebook pages.
2: And and I will tell people you've got the cutest picture
0: on Facebook. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, I is was that uh, doing, doing some interpretation. Um, you know, I still wear that hat to this day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do,
3: uh, I do, in, I do uh, interpretations set. for the Will County Historical Museum. So I was uh, playing the Wilson School teacher that day when they took that picture.
2: Oh, my God, that's hysterical. So... You know, I you know, I kinda Gene, I really do think that you uh belong back to the Poor Farm. I think that somehow historically I don't know what role you paid a long time ago, but I would bet you anything that you belong at that poor farm. I mean, you might have been the owner of the house originally that opened your doors to these people, you know?
3: Yeah, you know, I've I've thought about that. I've I've often wanted to continue with regressions to see what kind of things could come up. But, you know, it's kind of a terrifying thing, too, because I, you know, I I don't know if um, what I would, um, how I would be able to deal with some things if some things came to light that maybe I wasn't prepared for. So, you know, it's one of those things where, again, I'm I'm on the fence with, I'm not sure if, if, uh, if I could go through with something like that.
2: If you have a, well, you know, I do hypnosis also, just just to, you know, uh, remind our listeners also. Um, when you do the hypnosis, you normally have somebody take you back to a situation, and when you go back in time, they normally give you the, um, how can I say it, they give you the tools. They give you, they help you set up the situation where you're not locked in to the uh, emotional state, if they give you the right suggestions, they have it where you're able to view it as though you're watching a play and not where you have to re-experience all of the devastating emotions that you went through, you know, back in the 1800s and stuff like that. Um, So past lives are very revealing because it helps you really mend the situations from the past lives. And you really, you know, you could talk to your past life personality. They give you, um, how can I say it, they give you um, help with your current life situation. Uh, they tell you why you went through what you went through and stuff like this. I mean, it's really fascinating. So yeah, It's something, I, I something hope you maybe do. I, I mean, would. I if you ever want to do it. But, you know, I'm available as well. But they're really amazing experiences, i got to tell you. I've been I've been under hypnosis with past lives many 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 times. It's uh, very rewarding.
3: Yeah, it's it's something I'm very curious about. So, um, yeah, maybe that'll be my next venture. <laughs> maybe yeah, I'll maybe write maybe a third book.
2: book. <laughs> what there comes you go. Out there you
3: go. <laughs> there you go.
2: Well, let's see if we can shoot maybe one I... or two more uh, quick questions in here. Okay. Okay. All right, listener, welcome to the show. Thank you.
0: This is Janelle. Hey, Janelle, how are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. I have a couple things. Um, yes, I've experienced my husband pass, you know, three years ago, and I did see uh-huh. him get up out of our bed one night, too. Like, uh-huh. it was a little bit more than just an image.
2: Okay. You know,
0: but I've I seen him. And then wow. I had an experience. I'll try to make this as short as I can. Before he okay. had passed we were talking about um guineas the chicken the guinea Yes and my grandmother raised them and his mom had raised them and we just happened wow. to talk about it. Well about three or four months after he passed this bird was on my fence. The ugliest bird wow. you ever wanted to see <laughs> and it was squawking like I was sleeping, it was in the early in the morning, and I got up, wow, you know, I've never seen this before, I wasn't sure what it was, I took a picture of it, and I took it to work, and I asked huh? my boss, I said, what is this, and he goes, oh, that's a guinea, I said, oh, that's my husband, and it just came out, <laughs> <laughs> and they just looked at me really funny, you know, And it, but it was, and he came another morning, I was crying, and it came back and like it, it stayed around the house for quite a while that day and then another morning it came back again a few months wow. later yeah
2: well i've seen I've seen birds come back many times, people come back like I've got an uh a previous boyfriend, wonderful man, and uh his His mother came back all the time as a, um, oh, my God, a cardinal. And I will tell you what was fascinating is that this one day, this was just amazing, I had a whole tree, and this was after we had stopped seeing each other, I had a whole tree entirely full of cardinals. I've never seen that before. It's never happened uh-huh. since but I mean I'll see if it happens again this year. But it was after we stopped seeing each other and all of a sudden my tree is lined with cardinals. I was I was trying to take pictures. It was insane how many cardinals landed in my tree. Wow. And um I just thought it was a message from his mom. You know.
1: Right. So I so, quick
2: you know it's very, to me it's very it's very cool to sit there and um have contact with these birds because especially when you know that this is one way that people will come and visit us once they drop their earthly body, they can get on the right. back of a bird. They can come in there. They can come on the wings of a butterfly and land on your hand. You know, uh, yep. a lot of different ways that, you know, our people come and see us, not just out of the corner of our eye, but, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. So, Well, right. Janelle, thanks for sharing that story, and um, I hope you'll listen in can again. Can I ask you a quick
0: I know I hand- I have-
2: Oops. Oh, yes, you hello? can real
0: quick. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Okay, I have an interview on Saturday, and I just—I okay. know you told me to stay where I was at for another year, but this is um, would take me back home, and I'm just wondering okay. if you see any good in that or not.
2: Well, uh, what I'll tell you is I'll say, I'm going to say this to you, go full force, go with your feelings, and, um, you know, be there, be the very best that, you know, like the military, you know be all that you Mm -hmm. can be do the best you can present yourself uh be yourself and then just see where it lands that's what i want to tell you
0: okay 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 all right
2: and just go in there and just give it your give it your all okay all right janelle let us know what happens. thank
0: you all right
2: you're welcome bye-bye all right good luck bye thank you you're welcome You know, sometimes it just happens that way that um, it turns out that now I can say just stay there for another year and, you know, knock on wood. I always sit there and say, okay, um, I've got a ringing in the background a little bit, so it'll just take a second to stop. (laughs) Um, You know, many times I'll tell somebody to stay because it feels better that they should stay, but if something happens that they feel like they should move forward, then of course listen to your intuition and make the changes that you feel you need. Um, I've had I've had a lot of people call me up when I've said to them, and I, this is just you know something that I feel. But they you know they've said you told me not to make the change. I did. Uh, it didn't turn out as well as I expected, or you know whatever. You know, but again, some things are subject to change by choice. So. If you feel it's the time to move on, then move forward and make those changes. Um, You know, Gina, with this time, we really have to, you know, the show has closed. I just want to say thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. I love talking to you. I love hearing about the poor farm and all these amazing things that you're up to. So I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll join us again.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And I will. I'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. That sounds great, Gina. Okay. Take care. All right, right, you too. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. This is uh, Your Psychic Connection with and the Coffee Psychic, and we'll see you right here at Blog Talk Radio next week. All right, take care, everyone. Love to all. Bye.